The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the moment in our day when we seek stillness in God's presence, guidance from the Word of God, and grace to live by faith. This is the moment when we view horizontal living from the divine perspective. For the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now here's today's message. We hope it will be a blessing. Go put a band-aid on it. Hello, and welcome to Beside Still Waters. Today is our Put a Band-Aid on It segment. And uh, this particular topic sprung out of a conversation I was having with a group of friends. <clears throat> and one of the um, individuals in the group asked this question. How do you determine success in the spiritual life? How do you determine what success is in the spiritual life? And I thought, that's a really insightful question. Because there are a variety of ways we can approach this topic... And there are a variety of, uh, how can I put it, Uh, methods or evidences that people will conclude, here is what success looks like in the spiritual life. And I gave the person my response. After looking back at 40 years of Uh, a walk with God, uh, uh, 40 years of an expression of the Christian life. And this was my response. I said to the person, in my humble opinion, (laughs) I said, if you were to go to John's first letter to the churches, He said in chapter 3 of of the first letter, he said, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, we have boldness towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and practice the things which are pleasing in his sight. And I said to him, to the person, here is the challenge. There are some that might deem a charismatic expression as evidence of spiritual success. Now, there are others who might focus more on the discipleship methodology, meaning the ability to introduce a novice into the Christian faith and walk in a relationship with God and a knowledge of sins forgiven 
they may look at that personal one-on-one encounter as being uh, evidence of success in the Christian life. There are others that might look at the day-to-day expression meaning Uh, The person has a time of devotion, a time of meeting with God, a time of study of the scriptures, a time of uh, communicating the distinctives of the faith to others who may either be unawares or um, unchurched, if you will. And uh, they may have regular attendance among a body of, of believing Christians and so they, may, they might look at this expression as, well, this is how you know you are successful in the Christian life, in the spiritual life, because you are walking through certain uh, practices, whether it be prayer and fasting and, and uh, you know, giving, uh, tithing and, and uh, participation in the local body and governance um, among Christians. But I said to the person, I said, there are two things you have to keep in mind based on what John is saying to the churches. And his point is simply this. On the horizontal plane, when I, the individual who may be asking that question, when I look at my life, is my life a reflection of obedience to the practices and behaviors that are evidenced by the Holy Spirit as being pleasing to God. And if I have cultivated a walk, a life, such that the Holy Spirit of God is, if I may use the term, at home with me, John says, you may ask whatever you will of God. And I can be bold in my faith and expectation that he will grant it. He will grant it for this reason only, because I practice the things which please him. I practice the things which please him. In Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, I believe it is, it's perhaps the first verse, if memory serves me correctly, Paul really points this out in a way that, that I think is clearly evident. And he says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Well, that's clear cut. But then he says this, Even as the Christ loved us, and delivered up himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet aroma. The object of the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ in laying his life down as the sin offering for the world was an act of obedience to please the Father. And we have become the beneficiaries of his obedience. We're the beneficiaries. So how do I know that my life is successful 
as a Christian, as someone who claims to be walking with God, having a relationship with God. Well, first and foremost, on the horizontal plane, my primary objective as it was with the Lord Jesus Christ is to please God. And the result of that obedience is that people around me become the beneficiaries of my obedience. But more so, as John wrote, he simply said, because I practice the things that please God, because I'm clear in my understanding of the will of God and endeavor to do so on a consistent basis, I will have repeated, consistent answers to prayer. I will have repeated, consistent answers to prayer. And my friend, I am saying to you today, it is not the uh, disciplined exercise of certain spiritual practices, prayer, fasting, in and of itself, giving of one's income, participation in the local body of believers, those are all good and necessary. And it may not be also a charismatic expression of some unique gift. And there are a variety of opinions about that. Not in my view. The most important barometer to measure one's success is the fact that a believer, a child of God, a devotee of the Lord Jesus Christ, has the ear of God because that person has made their life a sanctuary for the Spirit of God to be at home. They have not, as Paul says, grieved the Spirit of God by virtue of their conduct. They have not quenched the Spirit of God as he sought to work through them. And therefore, when that person lifts their voice and heart to God in petition and asking his mercies, asking his intervention in their life with, some, with respect to some particular need, and they have done so on a regular uh, basis, a repeated basis. They have made the presence of God, uh, uh, if you will, a quiet place to come and rest and commune with God. There is the assurance that they have the petitions which they ask of him. The most important evidenced barometer to measure success is the bringing into time and space the request that you and I have presented to the Lord Jesus Christ in that closet, that private space where God meets with us. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 6. He says, go into your closet and your heavenly Father will meet you in that sacred place. And he says, the things, I'm paraphrasing, but what was told to God in secret, he will manifest in public as answered prayer. In John 14, John, 
uh, writes concerning the the final words of our Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples before uh, he would have been handed over and his trial begins and ultimately would lead to his uh, crucifixion. But he says to them uh, in John 14, Verily I say to you, he that believes on me, the works which I do, he shall do also. And he shall do greater works than these because I go to the Father. Now, that's, that in and of itself is is monumental statement because it, it, it forces us to try to wrap our minds around, well, how can I do greater works than the Lord Jesus Christ? But here's what I want to focus on. In the, the following verse, he says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he repeats it. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And then, the following verse says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So you will find now, before our Lord Jesus was crucified, well, what did he emphasize? Answered prayer. <laughs> the ability to go to God and specify the need with the full assurance that because my life is, is lived within the confines of the will of God, and I cognitively and intelligently understand what is expected of me and delight to do so as an expression of my willing obedience to God. This, the Holy Spirit of God has given the assurance that whatsoever, and that's what John says in his letter in chapter 3, he simply uses the word whatsoever you ask. And I believe with all my heart, you don't have to agree with me, but we may have a charismatic expression coming from your life next Sunday. But that doesn't mean you're successful. Or you and I may exercise a certain amount of consistency in the practices in the Christian life, in the giving of income, serving it within the, the local body of believers, uh, perhaps sharing my faith with someone who may, not, as I said, may be unchurched. And they're totally, you know, uh, unknowing about what Christians really believe and so forth. And you may be faithful to that task. And that is good and necessary and commanded to do so. But does that mean that you and I are successful? No. Success, real success, is measured by the willingness of the immutable, infinite, omnipotent, omnipresent God of heaven and earth to bend his ear to hear the cry and supplication of one person in 7.5 billion people and in time bring that request to pass as requested by that devotee. There is no greater measure of success. In fact, if you were to go to the Old Testament, one of the warnings that were given through Moses and even some of the prophets, when the nation of Israel had gone astray and uh, they had uh, become involved in, in idol worship to a large extent, and from that, uh, a number of social and political ills that sprung from that, um, uh, if you will, apostasy, the prophets, including Moses, would warn them that the heavens would become like brass and he, Jehovah would not hear them when they cried to him. 
And therefore, it stands to reason that the highest good, the greatest, clearest evidence, the barometer by which all success must be measured in the Christian life, is whether or not the ear of God is open to my, to your supplication. And not only is it open, but we find in time he has answered us. Now, where do we go from here? You say to me, Christian, well, all right. Let's assume I'm willing to agree with you. I hope you're willing to agree, to agree with me. I want you to agree with me. And I'll tell you why. This has been a personal quest for me for over 40 years. I was involved in a number of what I call esoteric practices before I came to know the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And the one, the one reality that I wanted to prove to myself is, does God hear and answer prayer? And I took time to catalog over 40 years some of the most significant answers to prayer that I thought were quite extraordinary. And one, I had the privilege of... of uh, if you will, documenting as a, a very brief memoir uh, doing a uh, Hurricane Maria. But that's beside the point. The point here is when I look back at the, the uh, mosaic of my life, and if someone were to ask me, well, Christian, what, what stands out to you? What has become prominent is answered prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. Have there been periods or low points when I thought I was just off course? Absolutely so. And I think those low points are needful. Why? Because I'm able to look back and examine my life in light of what pleases God in the scriptures and make corrections, adjustments to get back on track. Why? Because to me, the most important event in my life is that God would hear and answer my petitions. And I want to say to you today, my friend, as our objective is one thing, to meet God beside still waters, then I ask you to, to launch out into the deep as, as fishermen, Launch out into the deep, into the deep things of God and share your heart with God, letting him know that you want to know and experience his holy and divine presence in your life. You want to be able to taste of his grace to help you in your weakest moments. But above all else, when you cry to him, in full confidence that, that you have sought to live according to his will, and you are petitioning him to bring to pass some request in your life or the life of someone that you are interceding for, but to receive an answer in the affirmative is to validate to yourself that you have been living a life within the will of God and that this privilege of answered prayer is a repeatable privilege, a repeatable dynamic 
that all you have to do, all I have to do is maintain the consistency that brought to pass that answered prayer. That becomes your baseline. And it might be very simple, living in love with your brothers and sisters, loving the unlovely, exercising grace and kindness to those who may not be within the faith, being a faithful and diligent employee, being faithful to the calling that you may have, being faithful in your service, living a life that is, if you will, free of moral deficiencies, and seeking to have a regular time of heart exposure and petition to God. And having maintained this consistency, to now ask of God your petition. It does not mean I am worthy, because I ask knowing I'm not worthy. This is a privilege. But what it does mean is that the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God, lives within me. Everywhere I go, he goes. Everything I look at, he sees. Everything I do, he is a participant. And I cannot compel the Holy One of God to participate in things that are contrary to his heart, desire, nature, and preference, and to think that having done so, grieving him, that he is going to be open to hear my petition. It will not happen. So I urge you, my friend, as I speak to my own heart, I'm conscious of my own humanity, as you are too. But let us endeavor like Daniel. If you remember, Daniel was a young uh, Jewish captive. But the scripture says, when we read in the first chapter, he purposed in his heart not to defile himself ceremoniously with certain um, uh, practices of those who are his captors. He wanted to remain ceremoniously pure. And God granted him favor with the one who was tasked with overseeing the captives. And we ought to be like him, determining in our hearts, I want to be pure. I want my life to glorify God. I want to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life by living in such a way that he is pleased. And with that, I now have the freedom of heart and mind and conscience to make petition of God in the full assurance he will hear my request. And so, my friend, let us again draw near to God beside still waters and ask of him for the grace, mercy, strength to live a life that satisfies the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. May God grant us this grace so to do for his pleasure, his glory, and our benefit. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the quiet moment in the stillness of God's presence to receive guidance, light, and grace to live by faith. I hope you've been helped and encouraged to press on living for the glory of God. It has been a pleasure and a privilege to connect with you on this podcast. 
To stay connected, please follow Christian Javois on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next podcast of Beside Still Waters.